Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's coming in hot! Oh, so hot. So burning El Fuego wrestle talk time. It's been a hot week in the WWE, so we're going to talk about it, which means we're talking Raw, we're talking SmackDown Live, we're talking NXT, and of course, this past Sunday was a really, really good Hell in a Cell. That's what people tell me. I mean, I will tell you on this show coming up. Oh, okay. Well, let's do it then. All right. I'm Owen, joined as always by John. And we're joined as always by everybody out there in internet land. Isn't that cool? It's cool. We are streaming live over at Mixler.com slash Zonecast and Twitch.tv slash Ozone Online. So check us out there. We're just hanging out, being cool bros, doing stuff. It's great. Uh, we're monitoring your chats there and our Twitter at the heel turn. So send us your questions and your comments, and we will get to them as we deem fit. Owen, John, I, I started playing Clash Royale again. Oh, so you got the new update? Yes. You and I should play together. Sure. Not right now because we're doing a show, but yeah, they took away the free chests though, and I'm kind of bummed by it. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. The free chests you get every few hours? Oh, wait a minute. So, you mean when these three free chests I have are gone, they're gone forever? What, what free chests? I went into my quest tab, the thing that they added where the uh, the formerly the free chest thing was, and there are free chests. And I clicked on one and I open it and I get another one in four hours. I, I guess they're giving you the... Ones that you missed? I don't know, because they're I don't have that. That's weird. Oh wait, you're talk are you talking about the daily gift? I don't know. Am I? Huh. Well maybe the daily gift's different for different people, because I have I one that I clicked on quests and it just and there's a thing that says free chess and there are three free chests and I clicked on one and it gave me five of these checkmark points. I guess, yeah, I guess the, the 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 special daily thing you get all the time can be different, because I have one where day one I got 11 common cards, and I got the next day I got five rares, and I got 11 comms the next day, and I get coins tomorrow, and then I get an epic card. Hmm. It's weird. The new update's weird. I don't like the touchdown mode. What is it? It's you're on a field, there's no towers. It's a draft where you you, know, you draw cards. It's two on two, and you just gotta get your card to get to the other person's end zone. Mm. I don't like it. It's really difficult. That that is not why I play this game. Yeah, I, I they did add a thing though that if you play two v two in Clash Royale, um, if you can like communicate with the person you were just playing with, including you know separate rematch. I have seen that, and that is really cool. Does, does anyone stick around with you or no? Yeah, I, I got a, I got like a few games of the dude. Nice. Yeah, one, one person I did today for the first time, except the rematch, and we did, we went three and zero. It was real good. Not bad. We went one and two, but that it's, one we won was real good. That's awesome. Yeah, Clash Royale is okay. I like that you can still get chess by doing two v two without consequence. Yeah, it's tight. I just don't like the touchdown thing. They should not do that. Well, they already did. 
they should just like go whoops fix it let's put towers in it and make it clash royale again Has anything else been going on with you in gaming? Nah. Just, you know, same same old. Spl- Splatoon's still cool. Yeah. Destiny, I get my I got my Ingrams and I was like, cool. Yeah, just tonight we got the clan Ingram for the Crucible, so you can check that out. Oh my. Get some free Ingrams. Fucking fancy! Have you seen the Iron Banner? No, I haven't. Iron Banner is a PvP event that lasts the weekend. You can get cool wolf-themed armor. Fuck that. Golf Wang. What? Odd future jokes. This whole thing is is Wolfgang, but then sometimes they say it Golf Wang because, you know... Because why not? Because Tyler, the creator, basically. Pretty much. But yeah, the, the... the Iron Banner is cool. You should check it out. I, I played some on my stream earlier with uh, my friend Kevin, and it was a good time. Oh, my. So, yeah. Destiny's still a good game. I'm, but I've hit 305, which is the max, on two of my characters. One to go. I'm surprised that uh, streaming Wonderkin Mistaken's still not on it. He's playing, he's playing other games and getting mad at them. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's a story for another time when we're not doing a show. Wrestle talk. Do you want to talk about wrestling? I mean, unless you got anything else, all I got is that. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, that sounds pretty good. We we got stuff to talk about. With Whoa! That's the dog outside. That dog is really hype. Hmm. So let's let's get let's get to uh, wrestling news. All right. Hey John. Skilabapabow Wrestle Time News. That's the one. That is how the song goes. Can confirm. See, so yeah, I play the one part one, and you come in with part two. So, John. All right, let's let's address the thing that everyone in the wrestling world is talking about right now. Uh, Neville. He's uh, my favorite cruiserweight. No. He's not a cruiserweight anymore. It's true. He's... It seems like probably. So, do you want to... Since it's a raw thing, do you want to talk about like what's going on? Then I'll tell you what I know. Yeah, sure. So, uh, the story going about... or Here's the, the honest truth of what we do know. Is uh, Neville was not on Raw this week. Uh, they had a whole big thing with the cruiserweights. Uh, where they had not only a tag team match... Between some fucking jabronis where the Brian Kendrick won, which, man, think about how there is at one point that I would have been like, yeah, the Brian Kendrick won. And now just like, oh, yeah, the, the Brian Kendrick won. Yeah. Fuck a cruiserweights, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Point being here, they had a big lumberjack match in the main event uh, between Enzo More and latest uh, cruiserweight signee uh, Kalisto. Mm-hmm. And it was a lumberjack match where, you know, all the cruiserweights surrounded the ring and threw people back into the ring and everything. Except, noticeably, one cruiserweight wasn't there. And that would be the former champion, the king of the cruiserweights, Neville. Mm-hmm. And so, 
uh, as the dirt sheets are wont to do. The dirt sheets have been uh, leaking out there that apparently uh, part of the reason why that is is that Neville has asked for his release. Uh Aha, that's the story they're going with. That is the story they're going with. Okay, well, would you like to hear what I've been able to gather? Yeah. Because I've not been able to gather much because this information is pretty hard to get. I would not be surprised. So, also, he was not at 205 Live. He did not show up for that. Oh, no. How terrible that he did not show up for that bad show. So, I mean, actually, it is kind of terrible. He was the anchor of that fucking show for, like, a year. So, the story is that I'm hearing, again, this is not confirmed, because I'm having real trouble getting, like, sources in on this, is that apparently... Uh, earlier in the day, he had heard that his, uh, his match for that evening was him to lose to Enzo. Neville was going to just straight up lose to Enzo on Raw. Okay. Because, apparently, you know, the whole storyline with him is, with Enzo, is no one can touch him. I have noticed this. Well, Even though he's fucking terrible. Yeah, well, they were going to just throw that out in one night and blow that over and just have this match, and then, of course, have Neville lose. Neville was not happy with this, and he left. He walked out. Now, WWE is refuting this claim, that this is how the story went down, but that is the current thing that I'm hearing, and it may not be entirely true, but, yeah, he was there, and then he left. I had heard some rumors to that effect that, yeah, maybe he walked out because he was unhappy with the match. His future with the company, though, still not, uh, like, known, because, you know, he may not be granted his release if that's what he asked for. He may just, you know, be blown off steam. He may come back. We don't know. So, and I have heard some talk about the, uh, on the internet of people being like, oh, well, if he's... Like, you know, and, and not knowing any truth to this and until you had said that you had heard similar things to that effect and just thinking that it was just, like, internet people being dumb as shit. They like, are, but... Yeah. yeah, fair. But, you know, just hearing people talk about, like, oh, well, if Enzo, or, you know, if Neville just walked out because he, he didn't want to lose to Enzo, he didn't want to job out, you know, this is a business, like, you know, come on. Like, but hear me out here, folks. Jobbing out to Enzo like this, and just basically ending the feud, basically means that you do absolutely nothing. Let's consider the fucking cruiserweight division. Like, if you're not in the main event of the cruiserweight division, you basically don't exist. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you could be on, like, I guess, 205 Live or main event. But come on, you're not actually getting stories. You're not actually doing anything of value. You're just a fucking warm body that exists. Mm-hmm. Like, for God's sakes, I just learned that Jack Alher now wrestles in a suit. It's true. It's, it's fucking hilarious. But, like, you'd think that this is something that, like, you know would be more well known if, like, people actually knew what was going on in this division. Mm-hmm. 
But instead, they don't because nobody fucking cares. Unless, you know, with the exception of having fucking, you know, people that matter in the main event, which is people they know. You know, part of me looks at this and thinks like, you know, oh, why wouldn't fucking Neville leave if he's not going to be in like the, the fucking top spot? Like, he doesn't need this shit. This division is a complete and utter dead end. Like, are you guys similarly pissed at Austin Aries for bailing when he lost to Neville all those times? Like, fuck that. He was going to sit around doing nothing. And they also, weren't going to put him on the main roster. And also to add to that, the the like the main reason I'm hearing that for that story is that, you know, you put in all that time into this story with Enzo not being able to be touched... And then, for no reason, you would throw it all out in one night. You would just have it blow over instead of, you know, building up to something big. Yep. And that's one of the reasons he was like, well, this is stupid. To say nothing of the fact that, like, you know, I want to throw it out there that, like, yeah, there's no way that this that this whole thing wasn't just going to be, like, you know... Oh, hey, Neville's here, I guess. Kalisto, though! Like, they're just doing the thing where they fucking, like, going to be trying to save the division by putting more people you know in it, whether or not you care about them. And, you know, pushing aside the people that are designated for this division. Yeah, like, the people that they literally brought into the company to be this division. They're just like, ah, nah, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, it's bad. Like, yeah, like, let's just, you know, to talk about one of the most egregious fucking examples of this, like, Drew Gulak. Like, by all accounts, and from, you know, even everything I've seen, which has been a minuscule amount, he's doing some fucking amazing character work. That's, like, some really actually funny and subversive shit that's really smart and, like, kind of, in a way that kind of goes over a lot of people's heads, I think. Like, he doesn't fucking do anything. Wait, you're saying Drew Gulak's the best part of the cruiserweight division? He, you know what? Like, I, I don't really know about his wrestling or anything. I haven't really seen it that much. But like, as far as character work goes, like, yeah, he's on some fucking next level shit right now. That's really smart and really like the kind of thing that you don't see in WWE, and I guess that's not a surprise, because, you know, he's doing it, and they're giving him fucking nothing! Like, oh, I guess he gets to be on main event once or twice. Yeah. I wish I could like, see the shit Is he even doing. on fucking 205 Live doing his fucking PowerPoint shit anymore? Yeah, he, he's, he attacked uh, Kira Dozawa this week. He's in a feud with him now. Sure. Because that'll go somewhere. Cool, I guess, yeah, because Akira Tozawa does the, the Dick Togo senton now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I wish I could see Drew Gulak's awesome shit, but I don't watch 205 Live, because I, I don't need that in my life. It's the problem, is no one does. Like, nobody does, because the best they do is fucking, like, you know... Just look at their fucking raw output. Like, they had the main event match, which, yeah, admittedly was very exciting and very good, because Kalisto is very good at his job. Enzo, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they had a, the, that fucking meaningless tag match, where, like, hey, you want to know what happened in the meaningless tag match, by the way? What, what happened? 
guess who took the pin? Was it Gulak? Uh, no, actually, it was Mustafa Ali. Oh, that's cool. You know, the guy who featured prominently into the finish of the main event in a way that makes you think, huh, maybe after Kalisto, they're planning on giving Mustafa Ali a run against Enzo. Nope. I'm good. I don't care. I don't want to say it. It's just like, what the fuck are they doing? That, like, they can't even, like... Have some fucking consistency of making people look good. Like, literally, they're building this guy up as an important character while also making him look terrible and making him take pins for fucking the Brian Kendrick. Yep. And granted, okay, former cruiserweight champion, but still. There. Okay, do you have anything else about uh, Neville before we move on? I'm with Neville. Fuck this division. Yep. Number- fuck this company. Well, this next uh, news topic you wrote down, so... Speaking wanna- of fuck this company... What happened? Hey, so, uh, Owen, what is your opinion on Jimmy Jacobs? I, I have not heard this news story, so I'm going to say he's he's cool. Yeah, um, he's a former multi-time Ring of Honor world champion. Well, That's you, a cool thing. He wears suits. Yeah. And uh, other stuff, I actually don't really know much about him, but he, he sounds like a, an okay guy from everything I've heard heard about him. Yeah, he, he likes to say he wears suits now instead of spandex. That's why he yeah. points out. He, uh, so you heard that he works for WWE, right? Yeah, he's he uh, joined in 2015 as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he does not work for the company now either. What? Yeah. Why? So, again, you know, potentially dirt sheets information. This is news to me. I didn't didn't hear this. But the story going around is that he's kind of being forced out of the company because he's got massive heat. What did he do? So, remember... When they filmed the last episode of Being the Elite, outside that Raw. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, Jimmy Jacobs got a uh, a selfie with, you know, the Bullet Club members uh, while they were outside, you know, just because, like, hey, they're best friends. Like, they go way back from, you know, Ring of Honor and all that shit. Like, they work New Japan together, everything like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Apparently, with everything going on with, you know, the cease and desist and WWE being really mad about that whole DX stunt they pulled, they're really pissed off at him for this. Yeah, it's his fault. Sure. Yep, they are pissed off at him for getting involved and doing this stuff, and he's gotten so much heat that he apparently the talk is that he's just like, fuck it, I'm out of here. That sucks. Yeah. So, you know, again, dirt sheets, who knows if it's really true, but, like, A, I completely fucking believe it, because, B, this is something WWE would completely do. This is 100% a fucking Vince McMahon move. This is shit that he has a history of doing, a noted record of doing. Because he is a petty motherfucker, and this company is run by petty fucking assholes who would rather, like... 
have sure make sure that everybody is in their fucking click and doing things their way rather than care about putting on fucking quality product. Hmm. Like instead, they'd rather be fucking petty and pissed off and burning bridges over like a fucking bunch of indie wrestlers doing a fucking bit. Because they're so fucking scared of like, you know, oh man, we got to protect our turf. Oh man, how dare they, they do the, the Triple H thing. The Triple H thing, like that, that beat the Monday Night War, even though it totally didn't. That turned the tide, y'all. That's dumb. Yeah, the whole thing is fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, again, dirt sheets, take it for what you will, but Jimmy Jacobs is no longer with the company. The why may be a little less clear, but seems pretty... It seems pretty plausible to me. That's how I'll put it. Hmm. I like Jimmy Jacobs. That sucks. Yeah. By all counts, he was really good at his job. So, um, I, he was a writer for Raw, yes? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, get ready for Raw to be bad again. I mean, it never stopped being bad, so. Uh, and yeah, also sure. just to throw one more thing out there. For those who don't think that this is something WWE is very capable of, ask yourself, why doesn't Joey Styles have a career anymore? Yeah, we don't need to. Do and it's not that. because of the fucked up, like the other fucked up things he said. They were totally fine with that. What they weren't fine with was him him saying why they push Roman Reigns. Well, yeah. Hey, John. What's up, Owen? Speaking of people sucking. Oh, this some good news. I hope. No. Jim, Fuck. Jim Cornette's in the news. Jimmy boy, what did you do now? I mean, have you heard about this? Because I've gotten uh, statements from both sides. So I heard that uh, apparently last week at some kind of wrestling convention thing. In uh, in Detroit. In Detroit, yes. uh, Santino got all in Jim Cornette's face. No. That's not what happened. Okay, but please, but please continue. Tell me what the story that you heard. That, that's about it. Is Santino got all gotten got all in Jim Cornette's face? Well, the actual- probably because Santino, you know, admittedly does not like having been slapped a whole bunch by Jim Cornette that one time. Mm-hmm. So let me let me tell you the actual story. Okay. So. They've had a bad history since uh, Santino's time in OVW. Yes, as I referenced there, just to to give the full story for everybody who don't know. um, Yeah, Uh, when they debuted the Boogeyman, the the famous WWE character in OVW, uh, they had a whole segment where the whole thing was like, they had a bunch of crowd plants that were supposed to freak out and run and be all scared and everything. And, like, you know, be all freaked out by the boogeyman. And uh, one of those crowd plants, uh, new OVW signee Santino Morella, just completely fucking corpsed throughout the entire thing. And did not do what he was supposed to do. 
which of course drew the ire of uh, OVW's uh, head booker, showrunner, everything, uh, Jim Cornette, who decided to take it out on him by yelling at him and slapping him in the face a couple times for fucking up the show. Uh, this got Jim Cornette fired from the WWE. Mm-hmm. Which it should. That's- yeah, don't don't fucking slap people. Like, I get that this that you're an old school carny man in this fucking carny business. Like, but you know what? Like, you work for a publicly traded company. This ain't no fucking like. This ain't no fucking like small, you know, tiny fucking fed in like fucking Kentucky in the late eighties. You're not in the territories anymore, dog. Also, taking into consideration that Santino had signed up to be a wrestler two weeks ago. At the time. This was him, you know, he was very green. So, he wasn't sure what to do. That's, you know, we can't blame him for that. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say at all that fucking Santino deserved to get slapped. That is no, that is fucking terrible. And fuck Jim, Jim Cornette for doing that. He's an asshole who created a hostile work environment. And that is why he got fired. But I mean, come on. I feel like you don't have to like be in the business that long to know that if a scary wrestle man comes at you, you should be scared and run away. Yeah. Well, Especially if they're the fucking boogeyman. Well, he... A dude eats worms. Well, uh, Santino believed that, you know, because Jim Cornette's an asshole, he was trying to set him up to actually scare him. The boogeyman. So that's why he reacted the way he did. So. Continue fast forward, you know, they've had some issues, you know, on, like, podcasts and stuff. And rightfully so. And, uh, so, you know, you can read all details online about all that, but fast forward to this convention, Santino approached him because he wanted to bury the hatchet. Oh. Because even, even Cornette acknowledges how it happened was he came out with his hand stretched out to shake his hand. And Cornette would have none of it. Because he's an asshole. And he says, we have nothing to talk about. Fuck you. I'm and, you know, trying to leave. And Santino's like, no, I, I want to address this. <laughs> you know, calmly. He was not yelling at him or anything. Jim Cornette was the one yelling because in his video. Because he's an asshole. Yep. And Santino, like... And then Jim Cornette said, he, never, he said, like, listen, I respect you. I wish I would have learned more from you. You know... Back when I was like learning how to be a wrestler, and Jim Grant's like, "No, you're a fucking joke. You know, all you are is a comedy act. You're ruining the business by what you were doing. I oh, hate you, Jesus Christ. I don't respect you at all. Go away. You know. And then you know they they like threatened him or something, and Santino st- stood his ground. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. Punch me then if you're gonna do it. H- hit me." And then Jim Cornette was being a little bitch and yelled, Oh, he's, he's gonna hit me! Ah! He's threatening me, you know, getting security involved, and it blew up. So yeah, Jim Cornette was totally in the wrong on this. He's a, he's a piece of shit. As a shock to no one, 
Because yeah. you, you've heard him talk. No, of course. And it's always the thing that you need to remember. Like, you know, every time that you listen to Jim Cornette talk is he may be really smart. He may be actually really right about a lot of things, but he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, he is just straight up a prick. 100%. Like, th- the the best comparison that I can think of is that Jim Cornette is the wrestling world's Rick Sanchez. He's a crazy old man who may be, like, the smartest person in the universe and get things on a level that other people don't, but like they say, like Morty says in the Vindicators episode... It doesn't matter that he's right because nobody wants to acknowledge it because he's always such a fucking asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one wants to give him the the pleasure of of being improved right because he's such a fucking prick about it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to say that, like, you know, Santino maybe not may not be my favorite wrestler in the world. Like, I I don't think that he's fucking ruining the business or anything. But like, I don't think that calling him a comedy act was too far off. But holy fucking shit. That is so over the goddamn line. Like, what kind of a fucking asshole are you, Cornette? Well, you want to hear the last sentence of his statement? Address in replying to Santino's statement? Uh, let me guess. Thank you, fuck you, bye. No, not not quite. Here. Here's, here's the last part. Also, he uses the word gosh in an official statement, so a special level of hell should be reserved for him, where he has to watch an endless loop of his comedy matches, which were an embarrassment to my profession. Go eat paint. Yeah. A lot of people need to stop, you know, putting this guy on a pedestal. Like, this, something tells me that this won't make the, uh, won't make the cut for the Jim Cornette talking sense of YouTube. Nope. Like, at least, you know, we're assholes, but we're not, like, on a high platform. And have people like looking up to us as like some big figure in wrestling. But also we're not that like venomous toward other people. Yeah, also we're not that bad. Like we're not like Jesus Christ. Like fucking telling someone that like they don't even deserve to have have ever had their career, like fucking A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like, Jim Cornette, totally wrong. Uh, Santino, the, the guy behind Santino, he's actually, like, a decent guy. I, I hear yeah. I hear stuff about him all the time, and with his... Oh, uh, no, everything I've heard about the actual Santino, the person, I don't, you know, I'm not going to use the power word, because A, I don't know it, and B, it doesn't matter. It's Anthony Corelli, uh, by the way. Oh, okay, well, cool. Like, everything I've heard about him is that he's actually a very sweet, like, legitimately talented and smart dude. Mm-hmm. Who has done a lot of, who has done a lot of good back in his home in Canada. Like, I, I hear that he's, you know, aside from just, you know, running the Battle Arts Gym and everything, I, I hear that he's also does a lot of charity stuff. Yep. Like I said, he's a good dude. 
I always hear good things about him, and he doesn't deserve this shit. He's never deserved it from Jim. There, I think I've I think I've said my piece on that. He's and Jim Cornette's never invited on this show. Well, thank you, fuck you, bye to that. Boom. I'm I'm trying to do the Jim Cornette face, but I I actually don't know how. Also, this is an audio show, so people can't see you. I mean, I feel like it could, if I actually did it right, it could just, like, you know, emanate through the microphone. Ooh, you could immediately be, tell. Ooh, that'd, that'd be cool. That face is such a thing that, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, just to throw it out there, like, you know, I get it, like, make your money how you can and everything like that. But really, like, you know, you heard that he was wearing that shirt at the at the event, right? What shirt? The, the cornet, the shirt with his face on it, with that dumb face of his on it. Of course he does. Like, don't, don't fucking wear your, don't be that guy wearing your, like, okay, you want to sell your merch? Cool, I get it. Don't fucking wear your own face on your shirt. Come on. Mm-hmm. Don't be that fucking guy. Yep. Hey, John. Stupid old ass man. Do you want to get away from this toxic uh, conversation and talk about something really good? Something toxic? You mean, like, wrestling this week? The wrestling was good. I mean, the wrestling I saw was good. The wrestling I didn't, I saw, was less good. And I say that, why don't we talk about Raw first, because then you can just do uh, Hell in a Cell and SmackDown in one beat so that we can, like, you know, we can better flow from I'm just saying like it, I feel like it would flow better to just like talk about Hell in a Cell than Smackdown to have like you know we talk about the stuff on Hell in a Cell and then I talk to you about oh, Raw and how it was a bummer for a while when really I just want you to get to the fucking point of let's talk about Sami Zayn sooner rather than later alright fine uh, let's just keep digging a hole in the wrestling hole here and talk about Raw Raw was not very good I can't fucking believe it. You know what? There are some things that people liked on Raw this week, and I wish that I could say that I was in favor of that, but Owen... I mean, there's a really bad thing that happened on Raw. You want to talk about the really bad thing that happened on Raw first? I mean, if we're thinking the same thing... Uh, well, let's see what you're thinking of. I'm thinking of Ray Wyatt. Hey! go john yeah it's the one john can he quit wrestling forever what the fuck was he doing why the fuck was he wearing that fucking stupid sheep pretending to be a is he trying to be sister abigail he is sister abigail Uh, my next question why the fuck was finn scared of this Spooky. Now he was scared for his, his potential future in the WWE because there uh, there might not be any coming back from this one. You know what? Fair. I, I updated our uh, our list for uh, best and worst of the year, and I put this segment on the worst. I yeah. I, I heard about. It, I couldn't believe it, and then I watched it, and I'm like, really. 
This is so, how you address this? As I wrote about this segment in About Last Night, which you can read over at ProWrestling.cool. Wait, what? Yeah, I did that. Oh, I need to confirm this. Told what? you I'd do it. I can't believe it. There's, there's, a, there's, there's an article about Raw on the website. That's amazing. As I wrote about this segment, and I will quote the entire thing. Nope! Oh, that's a good. That's a good section. It's even bolded. He also had paint on his face. I think. Oh yeah, no, he's got like uh, he's got black eyeliner all over. He looks like a raccoon under there. Are you scared? That's why he's scared. Isn't Finn scared of the raccoon? Oh god, damn you, <laughs> DJ Assault. He's always he's the realist. He's always following you, John. There's no escape from DJ Assault. There's never escape from DJ Assault. There's oh. only dick by the pound. God. See, this is more enjoyable than talking about fucking whatever the hell this is. But John, you do you understand why they're doing this, right? Is it Halloween? No. Because they really hate Finn Balor? Well, yes, but also... Remember we had a man versus man match? Wait, are you telling me that this is going to be the first WWE intergender match? Oh, no. Finn's going to have debut a female demon. I did see someone on the internet uh, make a very funny joke about Finn Balor debuting a lady fin- version of Finn Balor. Yeah, it's the the instead of the demon being red, it's pink. It has a bow on its head. It's damn like, it! No, it's just, damn it! I was the demon just has that. a bow on its head. That's how you can tell. Oh, damn! I was going to say that. I was going to, to to just repeat the joke that I read. He's going to debut his new female alter ego for gal. Nope. It's pretty bad. I'm pretty into it though. I was going to say Miss Balor would be better. Cause she's got bow. Yeah, man, just Miss Demon. This sucks. Demon Queen. Yeah, this is fucking terrible. Ray Wyatt needs to go away forever. You know what else is terrible? Crawl. Yeah, but I was going to say more specifically this Mickey James shit. Oh, what did they do? Uh, they just had. Alexa Bliss do another stupid video about how Mickey James is really old. She, she looks good. This whole thing's terrible. She looks great. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like the whole thing was just like, oh, look at the sepia tone video. It's all black and white. Oh, we used the classic WWE logo. Ooh. Like, Mickey James is a super attractive lady. Doesn't look old at all. Yeah, and it's like, look at all this footage from, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago or whatever, where it's like, eh, she basically looks the same. Yeah, she actually looks like looks heavier then. She looks like she's in better shape now. Yeah. Ridiculous. This whole thing's fucking terrible. Like, this... You know, we talked about it last week, but just to reiterate, this is barely a fucking step up from Piggy James. Uh, uh, let's—it's women's 
it's women's uh, feud, so we gotta make them talk about age, and then they're... Uh, they're so catty! Oh, they're so catty! That's how all women are. This... They're just always backbiting and, and throwing the shade at each other! Are, are you excited for the, uh, the feud between Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox over shoes? I can't wait to watch them pull each other's hair more. I mean, they, they already did that. Oh, they do it every time. They st- all like they, the time. They still do? That's basically all of their matches ever. What? They're still doing that? Oh. Hey, you want to talk about Alicia Fox? <sighs> what did she do? Uh, she was part of a, uh, a Fatal 5-Way Elimination match this week. Now, so here's the thing I heard about this match. Yeah? I heard they didn't announce it was an elimination match, and then everyone was confused after the first pinfall. Including the commentary. You know, I don't remember. I thought they did announce it as an elimination match. I, th- I thought that JoJo totally announced it as an elimination match. I, th- I think I remember hearing Cole had to explain to the other commentators that the match wasn't over and it was elimination. Because honestly, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's like the, but also, the worst I mean, prize. come on, guys. You really thought that Bailey was going to win this? The fact you put Bailey and Sasha Banks in this like just shows how low on the totem pole they are. Versus Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox, and uh, Emma. Like, for those fucking Dana Brooke's in this match. Like, you know how low on the totem pole you are if you're in a match with Dana Brooke. Well, I mean, look, let's be fair here. Dana Brooke was there to get eliminated immediately, which she did. That's sad. That's she is the she was the one that Bailey pinned after a Bailey to belly. And remember Dana Brooke? No, no, don't say that. She was always bad. I like their thing with Emma in NXT. Yeah, her thing with Emma in NXT was great, but it wasn't great because Dana Brooke was good. It was great because Dana Brooke is good at being a, a sniveling toady. Exactly, and she... It's, it's so why hard. her only good thing on the main roster so far was her fucking work with Charlotte. Yeah. But yeah, Dana Brooke existed to die. And then Bailey fucking got killed. By Alicia Fox. That's good, you need to say her name properly. Alicia Fox. God damn it. There you go. You nailed it. Wow. I don't know how Noemdar does that. Anyway, yeah, uh, Alicia Fox beat her with the axe kick. Booker T was very hype. Well, that's good for him, I guess. I mean, does it surprise you? No. Booker T, did he go shucky ducky quack quack? He did not go shucky ducky quack quack, but he was very excited about that kick. Hmm, Okay. Which, I mean, you know, come on. Booker T gets excited any time anyone does his moves. Waiting for a spin-a-rooney. I'm sure he loved Biggie's NXT run. Fair. In fact, I miss Biggie's NXT run. I miss... Uh, his, his current run's good. Yeah, his... Hey, look, look, look. His current run is great. Don't get me wrong. But what if he also chanted five... Did you notice? Uh, did you see the uh, the pre-show for 
actually take over Brooklyn 3? No, I didn't. He actually did did the 5. <clears throat> he actually brought it up and kind of had to keep his hand calm because the 5 was coming back. <clears throat> it was good. I, I can't believe you didn't see that. It was amazing. You should go watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch the pre-show. I did because he had all the old people in it. I was like, yay! Then, then he did the thing. I was like, oh! Five. But did it have Bo? I think so. Yes! I don't know. I don't remember. Did he have his cool jacket? I don't remember. He might not have been on. I don't know. I don't know. Stop, no! stop, stop quizzing me. I'm quizzing you! Tell me about Emma. She won. One quotation mark. She got a, a, a roll up on on Sasha Banks. Yeah, she won. She won. Yay. She gets to die to Oscar again. Yeah. Which, like, you know, if they actually wanted to do this story right, of like, you know, Emma is the fucking cocky shit heel who is all like, oh, I'm going to get redemption against Asuka. I'm gonna, I know how to beat her now. I know how to do it. I'm going to teach her for being, you know, she thought that she could, you know, get away from, from me being the first person to, you know, her first win in WWE. Well, I'm going to be the one to break the streak. And then she dies. But instead, they're just, you know, as I wrote in about last night, which you read over at ProWrestling.Cool, it reminds me a lot of uh, when Jack Swagger won that uh, that Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, how he won by uh, getting a quick roll-up on Randy Orton right after Randy Orton did the uh, fucking, like, an RKO on someone. Right. Yeah, that was the kind of match where, you know, with that... With that victory, you can tell, oh, yeah, there's no way Jack Swagger is going to ever be world champion. Like, we the people's fun and all, but this is not happening. True. And, you know, it's not like it was ever going to happen, considering, A, they're not going to end an Oscar streak just yet. And B, they're certainly not going to do it with fucking perennial loser Emma. But, you know, still not doing themselves any favors by making it so goddamn obvious. Yeah, she's going to lose in like a few seconds. What if it's actually a competitive enough match? <laughs> uh, that's, that's cute. Like, I'm, I'm not, hear me out here. I'm not saying that it would happen, but like, would that, like, what if they did something on the level of, Say, for example, uh, the first Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler match. That'd be good, but they're not going to. Would it, though? Or would it actually be kind of terrible that, like, they spent all these fucking weeks hyping up Asuka as, like, king shit, holy fuck, everyone's gonna die, and then they have, like, an an eight-minute match where Asuka has to be competitive. Um, well, it, it lets people actually see what she's about. Because you don't get to the really problem see is if, if she just squashes. I guess, but I mean, I've, I've, the problem isn't, you know, maybe this goes back to I don't like what they're doing with Asuka, which, yeah, I don't, but I kind of feel like they've booked themselves into a corner where Asuka has to, like, squash Emma as a fucking statement. Otherwise, like, 
why else is she the fucking like undefeated champion crazy person who never lost the title true I don't know like I feel like they've written themselves in a corner a little way yep Anyway, you want to talk about something that was actually good on this Raw? What? What could that possibly be? I don't have it in the notes here, but I just remembered it happened. You and write it, then. it was alright, I guess. What's up? Titus, Titus O'Neil with a banjo. What? Yeah. He, he had a banjo. Why? Doing it to make fun of Elias. Is he any good at it? Eh, I'd say it's, you know, probably about as good as it is Elias is good at guitar. Elias is pretty good at guitar. Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he's not that bad. I'm just being a dick. It's true. You are. But in fairness, I'm being a dick because guess what happened in this? Did he hit him with it? Uh, no. In fact, it was Elias versus Apollo Crews. Oh, God. Why? Guess guess how the match ended. How? Elias hit the drift away and won. Oh boy, that's exciting. Why are they still doing this, Owen? Because, John, it's raw and it's three hours. My god. Like, you really can't come up with anything else for any of these people to do? John, you're talking about the same show that has Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor fighting forever. It's true. That's true. Alright, fuck. Say no more. It was the spoopiest thing ever, though, as I wrote in the nose. What was? Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. Oh, I thought he meant the banjo was haunted. I was like, whoa, okay, now I'm Dude, if this banjo was haunted, that would make this, like, the best Raw of the year, so... It, it's haunted with, this, with the soul of Bob Backlund. Yeah, relatedly, what the fuck happened to Darren Young? He's dead forever. Oh! He, he, he shouldn't have eaten the weed, the marijuana. <laughs> I was, I was just wondering if maybe the whole like they can't they don't really feel comfortable talking about making things great again with how things have gone lately. Also, remember he got that really bad injury. Oh yeah, I know. He, but like, I thought he was only going to be out for like six to eight months, and I heard that he was like rehabilitating and and everything. They should have been back soon, but it well, feels like he never showed up again. They should find him something good to do. Before they bring him in, instead of just bring someone up and go, I don't know. You can hang out. I backstage. mean, having him do stuff for Bob Backlund is pretty cool. Yeah, but like you said, the whole great again thing. So it's rebranded. Have Bob Backlund still? Yeah, having the yeah, that's real good. Having the black have it be a dare thing now. Uh, yeah, having the black athlete being the you know told what to do by a, a old white man. That's good. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. Okay, when you put it that way, you make everything <laughs> sound racist. Heel turd. 
What else you got, John? Bob Backlund is Jerry Jones. Anyway, no, oh God, please don't. All right, let's let's talk about let's talk about the the actual the actual thing that happened this week. Hey, Owen. Hey, John. What's your uh, feelings on the Shield? I like the Shield a lot. They're they're pretty cool guys, right? They they we go them. all. Uh, we're dogs. Sierra Hotel, Indiana, Lima Delta. You saw them wrestle in the first match of your first WrestleMania. I I did. Well, no, actually, it we, was we the don't count match. the pre-show. Okay. The first. Come on, man. Come match. on, man. Wade Barrett, though. Who? Uh, you might have heard of him. He says he's probably going to wrestle again. I don't believe you. Doesn't doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, uh, yeah, the. The shield reunited. Of course they did. They, they, they got the, the shirt shit. now? It's cool. Cool shirt. They, they have a shirt with fists on it. But they do. They fist each other. They are indeed the fist bros. The fist bros are on the reunion tour. Please, the, and... fist, the fist bros are on SmackDown. We'll, we'll get to that. And they beat the shit out of the Miz and the bar and Curtis Axel because Bo Dallas wasn't there for some reason. Where the fuck was Bo Dallas? Bo Dallas was missing. Bray Wyatt was also missing. Because if you think he actually did that live, you would be mistaken. Okay. Neither of the the Rotunda brothers were there. Huh. Hope everything's okay with them. Yeah, not sure. Commentary mentioned something said get well soon. Who knows? Yeah, I, I remember them saying that, but I, I thought it was I honestly thought it was a reference to yo, Roman Reigns fucking murdered him last week. I have no idea. I I looked for information, no one's got anything for me, so hmm. Weird. Anyway, uh yeah. So yeah, those guys were doing a, a silly Missy's award ceremony, and that was fun. And the crowd was chanting, you deserved it. And Curtis Axel was making goofy faces. And also Curtis Axel was being treated like a fucking king by that crowd. And also Curtis Axel. Holy shit, Curtis Axel. He's great. Like, remember when Curtis Axel was the absolute dirt worst? Yes. And then remember when he was in that awesome tag team and he became the fucking best? And that was also, like, the best that Ryback ever was before he became the Dirt Worst again? Well, just in life, yes. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, he all probably always was the Dirt Worst. But anyway, fuck you, Curtis Axel. Making goofy faces, clinking those trophies. So good. Nice. So good. And then he died for our sins. Because the Fist Bros are back. Sierra and Hotel India Echo Lima Delta. So you're excited about this, right, Owen? Yeah. Yeah, you like the shield, right? That's cool. Shield's cool. The shield was great, as I wrote about last night. The shield is something that I really have a, a personal connection to because, like, they debuted basically like a couple weeks 
after I started watching WWE again. So, like, that was the one where it was like, you know, okay, there's Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler and, and CM Punk and all these people that, you know, that I liked, but, like, that was definitely something where it was like, okay, I'm getting on the bandwagon here. Like, people, like, have already established that these are people that are good and matter, and I should like them, and I am agreeing with them that, yes, I should like them, even if his, this man yelling no annoys me. That's fair. But the shield was something that was like, oh, sh- like something that I felt like, you know, I got in on the ground floor on that. I, like I was one of the people that helped start that bandwagon of, oh, shit. Every time these guys come, like, you know, that someone's going to fucking die. Like the first time that they fucking debuted their theme song. And it was like, oh, fuck. People are about to fucking die. And it was great. It was always the best. Like, I I love The Shield. The Shield's original run is one of the coolest things that has ever happened in wrestling in my mind. And yeah. this time, you know, it, it already feels like it's a fucking Greatest Hits reunion tour. Which it is. Where it's, it's a... A... You know, let's be honest, it's a backdoor way to make people care about Roman Reigns because they really don't like Roman Reigns. See, someone said it was an elaborate play to do that. I'm like, what's elaborate about it? It's It's not elaborate. It's pretty obvious. Like, yeah. But the thing is, unlike the Rock thing at the Royal Rumble, this is actually kind of working. Yeah, because, you know, fucking Roman Reigns was his best when he's in the Shield, and surprise, surprise, when he's got two other people to do most of the heavy lifting for him, he's he's pretty decent. Yeah. He's a good support. That said, you know, let's remember what made the Shield so great. The sh- What made the Shield so great is that they were three young fucking upstart dudes that had, like, Basically, no time in the company before. Like, you know, yeah, Ambrose had been doing a whole bunch of shit in, like, you know, old ass NXT and never really made, and never made TV. Like, Roman Reigns was on TV once, maybe. And yeah, and Seth Rollins was, like, the inaugural champ. But, like, the thing that people predominantly know them for is being the Shield. I mean, fuck, man. Like, Seth Rollins became Shield Seth Rollins before he dropped the title to Big E. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just kind of like, a, oh, this is happening now. Yep. Like, and, you know, what made it so cool was that these are three young guys that, like, they established, and their whole character was, like, it, that they are the fucking new blood, and they don't give a fuck about any of this old shit, they're not here for your fucking nonsense, and they're just gonna fucking kill you. And they're going to win, because there's three of them, and they're great. Like, even if they lose individually, there's three of them, and they're great, and you are dead. Have you seen their powerbomb? I have seen their powerbomb. You're dead. Have, Have you seen their damn numbers game? I heard they're very good at it. You're dead. And that was, you know, and that was something that was really cool and really exciting and new. And granted, yeah, there was, you know, clearly, like, elements of the heel run made it clear that that was not completely the case. I mean, come on, they were fucking mercenaries for for Paul Heyman and the authority. Like, they go to whoever paid them. But, like, 
once they got in that face run, they really leaned to the idea of like, we're the hounds of justice. We are righting the wrongs in wrestling and like taking out the people that suck and are actively holding the business down. Mm-hmm. Like, remember that fucking WrestleMania match where they fucking just murdered the New Age Outlaws and Kane in like, what, a minute? Yes. Like, the entire match, like, their entrance with their fucking crazy dog masks that were so awesome was, like, longer than the entire match was. I do remember that. It was pretty good. It was really good. They just cut off that fucking stupid road dog speech. It was great. So, but hold on a second, John. And then remember that, you know, remember what they did immediately after that. They spent the next two months, A, bringing Evolution out of retirement, and B, murdering them so hard that Batista quit and went to Hollywood. But hold on a second, John. There's three of them now. Yeah. And they got numbers games. It's true. And they have that sweet power bomb. It's true. So what's the problem? It's the shield. You love the shield. Yeah, the problem is that, like, they're no longer three young, hungry guys looking to make a name for themselves. They're three of the most established and decorated world champions the company has had in the past two years. Hold on a second. I wouldn't say Dean Ambrose is a decorated champion. He won it once. And he held on to it for, like, fucking five months, six months. He did? Yeah, man. It's all a blur. He wanted it rare. He wanted money in the bank, and then he held on to it until uh, backlash. A backlash. Backlash was like a couple months later. Yeah, maybe it was like three months. Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna throw it out there. I feel like you are maybe understating Ambrose's, you know, the effect that it had on Ambrose, and like you know, making him a legitimate, if for no other reason than that SummerSlam match was really bad. Yeah, it was real bad, wasn't it? That was fucking terrible. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I did not expect, like, you know, I didn't expect Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose to be that great a match, but I still can't fucking believe how bad it was. It was real bad. It was terrible. But uh, Anyway. But, John, t- t- tell me why you don't like the Shield. Because, yeah, now they're, like... Fucking, like, long-time decorated champions, like, doing the exact same, sh- like, kind of heel shit that they were doing when they were, like, you know, young upstarts. It doesn't have the same effect anymore. It is, it's now something different, and instead of, you know, evolving it and growing it, they're just like, oh, we're just going to do the same thing again, and that's going to be cool, right? Except now the context is they're fucking showing up and beating the shit out of Braun Strowman for no reason. No, there's its reason. What is the reason, Owen? Because he attacked them last week. Ron Strowman mean, attacked them. Attacked Seth. You mean when he had that match with Seth Rollins? And then beat him down afterward. I did forget about the beatdown after. And then the two weeks ago, he did that to Ambrose. He beat him up, and then he beat him up more after. Oh, fuck Dean Ambrose. I mean, you're, that's what I was trying to get at earlier. But yeah, there's a reason they did it. And also because, hey, Braun's got nothing to do. Let's put him into the match. 
The Nats four on three. Is it really though? Yeah, they announced it. Oh, they did. Yeah, Braun Strowman's in the match. Oh shit! It's four on three. Okay. Like, pretty much that Survivor Series match that I booked on our premium podcast, which you can find at patreon.com slash pwc. Get them plugs. It pretty much happens. Because I said it was going to be The Shield and somebody against The Miz, The Bar, and Strowman. Plus it gives, you know, makes the faces... You know, the shield, which are, you know, the whole thing about the number game. Now the number game is against them and gives some doubt as to are they going to win because they've already beaten the crap out of the, all of them individually, but now they're being outnumbered. Yeah. I'm just saying that having these, having these fucking veterans attack like the young upstart dude, they've become what they hate. Well, yeah, they, I feel like they're going to plan it up later. And they have lived long enough to see themselves become the enemy. Yeah, like, good job, guys. It, it didn't even take you an entire episode of Raw. Don't worry. Like some young upstarts are going to show up and call them out on that, and then take them down. Enter sanity. Yes, with the young upstart Eric Young. He's so young. Like, have you heard? It's like they talk about Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura, those kids. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that young upstart AJ Styles, he's a real, real good guy. He's a real young kid. Real yeah, up-and-comer. These are things that WWE a, does. Don't a long, endless career in front of him. Just what WWE does. Just go with it. Well, you want to know what we do, Owen? What? We play It's Raw, Do You Care? Okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do All it. right, let's do it. Uh, Gold Dust. Nope, wasn't on the episode. What? Yep. Come on, man. You thought that they were going to do anything with Gold Dust? They had him turn heel again. They did. You're right. They had him turn back. Why? I don't know. They do what? Why are they doing anything with him? Oh, and I don't mean in like that in the sense of like they shouldn't do anything with Goldust because fuck that no Goldust is the best. But why are they continuing to do this bullshit? You know why? Because they're mad at Cody. Oh, because have you seen the Bray Wyatt stuff? Oh yeah, no, because they're terrible. It's Fine, the, it's the same show. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. That's not my go-to for anything. Like, why is anything bad on Raw? Have you seen the Bray Wyatt storyline? The answer is yes, I have. Have you seen the picture that 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 sent you the uh, the dog picture? No. Uh, let me send it to you real fast on uh, on your phone. Anyway, while we do that, though, uh, yeah, the the main event. Do you care? Oh, name one person in it. Uh, Enzo Amore. Nope, don't care. He, he hit his finisher on Kalisto. Don't care. It's really bad still. I sent you the picture. Did you know that Enzo Amore would have won that match clean? Nope. Had a certain, had Mustafa Ali not gotten involved? I don't, I don't care. It's Cruiserweight. Stop talking. He's, 
Yeah, that that dog in the the burning house is definitely Bray Wyatt storylines. Yep, I thought you'd appreciate that picture. That's that's, that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. For people at home, it's the uh, the dog saying in the fire room. You know, he just says, says this is fine. This is fine. Then he says hi on Bray Wyatt storylines. All right, that was raw. I give it a Bray Wyatt storylines out of a room on fire. Good. Congratulations to Kalisto. You're the king of shit mountain. Yep. Have fun giving the title back to Enzo next Sunday. Yep, that's that's how that's going to go, isn't it? Probably. Can Can we talk about good things now, please? Please? Sure. Hey, John. Yes. Have you read my review of Hell in a Cell, which is over I did. at ProWrestling.cool? I did. Did you see that it got almost the highest rating? I did. Which, the last time I gave a show that a thumb up and a thumb in the middle was Backlash. I really liked Backlash. I really liked Hell in a Cell. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Well, sir, let me tell you about it. Hold on. My, uh, whoa. Whoa. My browser's freaking out. It's like, I want to go into mobile mood. Like, no, I want to be able to actually read the content. Thank you. Oh, nice. Here we go. I I, I got to figure it out. I want to look at my review to guide my conversation. Because, John, the kickoff match... Was Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin against the Hypros? I hear they also won on the SmackDown this week. Well, let me let me get to it, John. Stop stop ruining my flow. John, did you know there's other tag teams besides the Usos in the New Day? Yeah, we've we talked about them last week. What? When? We talked about this match and everything like that. How's the, the Hype Bros heel turn going? No, it's not happening yet. Are they still fighting and mad at each other? Yes. Oh, no! You know who are not you know, having any issues at all, though? The people that were previously having issues about one of them not wanting to be a tag team? Right. Because now they got matching outfits and they're pretty much on the same page. And they say, hey, I'm good at wrestling. It's a good it's a good page to be on. Chad Gable's like, hey, you want to see this super sick uh, moonsault? Because I can do it. And then he did it. And the, they won the match. The guys who were good at wrestling beat the guys who were having issues. It was really good, though. I really enjoyed the match. It was, um... Continues the uh, trend of kickoff tag matches being, like, really, really good. Hooray! We also had another tag match on, uh... On the proper show. Uh-oh. A Hell in a Cell tag match for the tag titles. I've heard that this was the best match of the show. Um... It... Arguably, Yes. The main event was also extremely good. I, I've I've heard that as well, but I the talk that I've heard was that like 
the first Hell in a Cell match was just like, as far as wrestling, actual wrestling goes, and not just look at a bunch of crazy fucking spots here, that like, it was actually a brilliantly put together match. Well, let me put it this way. Both matches are extremely different and amazing for different reasons. It's hard to compare them. Okay. Because the the match between the Usos and the New Day, which it was Xavier Woods and Big E, with uh, Kofi on the outside, was pretty much uh, the thing that I wanted. Because remember I said that Sin City Street Fight was really good? Yes. I said, oh, it was brutal. They were beating the crap out of each other with weapons. They they did that again inside a cell. Hooray! And uh, Big E did the thing that I hate. And to like, and he did a much worse version of it. What is the thing Big E does that I hate? Uh, the suicide dive. Yep. He did it head first into the cell. Of course he did. It looked real bad. It looked like he died. Of course it did. Also, the New Day had a, uh, a kendo stick that looked like one of those, like, you know, those, lolly- those really long braided lollipops that are all I have colors. seen his. I have seen his multicolor kendo stick. It's really good. Does it not look like one of those lollipops? It really does. That's the first thing I said. It looks like one of those long lollipops with all the colors. It's great. So, yeah, they had a bunch of creative spots. Like, at one point, they propped one of the Usos up and used kendo sticks to just pretty much build, like, a cage. Mm-hmm. To trap him. Except a dumb thing happened that Xavier Woods had a piece of a, uh, a trombone, which, by the way, he had multiple trombones that he broke. I have heard this as well. He threw the piece at, at the, the Uso, and you could see one of the candlesticks get knocked down from it. <gasps> and when that happened, I said, he's going to get out now, isn't he? And he did. Oh, no. They actually played up the fact that Woods totally screwed that up. The match was brutal. There were a bunch of candlestick hits, like... Xavier Woods was, like, handcuffed and hanging from the ring post. Damn. While getting, like, caned. Damn. It was very violent. This match was very violent. There's no blood, though, which was good. But still very violent. And the Usos ended up winning the belts. You should go watch this match. It's very good. All right, then. But, uh... Yeah, to pick up what happened on SmackDown is that the show opened with the Usos, like, all beaten up from this match, and they said, you know, they say leaving, getting out of hell and cell makes you change man, and I, we think that's true, but we're gonna call out the New Day right now, which they did, and said, you guys went through the same shit we just did in that match, and uh, we respect you now. And the New Day also respects them. And to point out, here's the thing about SmackDown. There's only two tag teams. <laughs> it's us, and we're the best. At one point, one of the users says that the rest of the tag teams suck. And Xavier was like, nah, or Biggie said, nah, I wouldn't go as far as to say sucks, but we are the best. And then all the other tag teams came out and were not happy about this claim. I can't believe that. And Danny Bryan said, we're going to make a fatal four-way number contender match. Yay. Between Gable and Benjamin, the Hype Bros, the Brazongo, and uh, the Ascension. 
some things I want to point out from this is one, Brazongo are so fucking over. Like holy shit, the crowd was so behind them to win, and they were not happy when they did not. And two, the Sanchez new gimmick is weird. What is it? Well, they're on Fashion Files all the time, right? Yeah. The gimmick is that they're just a bunch of social outcasts. Like not not the team. There's like they're socially awkward, and they're just trying to be on the Fashion Files to fit in. That's their thing. They're they're weird goth kids. They're trying to hang out with the cool kids. Huh. I like it. It's real dumb. I think their comedy is really good, so I'm I'm happy with this. Also, the team that won the the pre-show match the day before, two days before, won the title opportunity. I can't believe it. Right? It's almost like this is something I said would happen last week. I mean, you of course. I mean, that was pretty obvious that was going to happen. Come on. Uh, what, the next match on the show was Randy Orton versus Rusev. There was no Aiden English. No. He was on the pre-show though. He came on the panel and sang a song about Rusev Day. Nice. And the crowd actually like cheered for it. <laughs> Goddamn right they did. The crowd gave him a standing ovation. It was amazing. And, like, Renee was, like, blown away being that close to him while he was singing so beautifully. It was good. This match was fine. Some people were like, ah, it's, you know, it was long and it was a Randy Orton match, but the thing is, Rusev is super entertaining and does the, th- the same thing that Kevin Owens does, where, you know, he yells a bunch during the match and makes you laugh. And he kept yelling about how it's going to be a happy Rusev day while he was stomping the crap out of Randy Orton. It was great. And also every time like, he got out of a pinfall, like, Rusev like, had the most shock, like one of the Paul Heyman-esque shock looks on his face. It was good. Also, the finish was creative. Do you know how the match ended? No. Randy Orton did the thing where, you know, he stomps his fist down and goes, I'm gonna do the Viper thing! And Rusev actually, like, grabbed, like, through his legs, grabbed his fists as he stomped them, pulled them through, and pulled them into the accolade. Oh, shit, that's awesome! Right? Like, he's all stomping his fist, like, I'm gonna take your fist, and now I'm gonna put you in the, I'm gonna grab, pull you through my legs and put you into the accolade. Except, except that Orton got out and then hit an RKO. Because, of course, he was going to win. But it was clever, and I liked it. I thought it was a fun... It was Overall, it was a fun match. Did you know that they... That Aiden English and Rusev appeared on uh, SmackDown? No, what they do? They had a tag team match. Oh, really? Apparently, like, during the commercial break, uh, the Aiden English sang for the crowd. We did not get to see it. Oh... It's one of the things that get you to show up for the shows. You get to see him singing. They took on Randy Orton. And who else did they take on? Shinsuke Nakamura. What? Wait, but isn't he the new WWE champion? Uh, come on, we all know that's not going to happen. Spoilers. He did. 
from a show from a few days ago. No, he did not win. What do you mean? I, I bet that match was really good, though. It's Shinsuke Nakamura. Hey, John, let me, let me, I'll just talk about that match right now. Fuck that match. Not bad, huh? I gave it two thumbs down on a show that I gave everything else a thumb up. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Like, literally everything so, else on the show got at least one thumb up. This got two thumbs down. I, Having read your review, I, I just want to confirm here something that I believe I, I have come to understand. He, he Nakamura lost clean. Yes. Without the same To brothers. Jinder Mahal. Yes. Clean. Hmm? Let me like, explain. no, Let no me interference, no nothing. Let me explain to you what happened. Same brothers were interfering, and the ref tossed him to the back. Then, he hit the Kinshasa, pinned Jinder, but Jinder grabbed the bottom rope because he was too close to it, because, duh, it was pretty obvious he was going to grab it. He goes, oh, to try, goes to try and attack him in the corner, and Jinder gets out of the way. He hits the post, comes back, hits a Colossus, and uh, he gets pinned. One, two, three. Like that, just like that. Super anticlimactic. Pick. Shinsuke Nakamura is dead inside now. God damn it. Yeah, it's real bad. I, I fucking hate Jinder as champion. It's the worst. God fucking damn it. But here's the thing, though, which which made this episode of SmackDown this week good. They just, during this match, they just mentioned, oh, Jinder retained the title, so Nakamura's got to try to bounce back from that. And that's all we heard of Jinder Mahal. No other presence on the show. Well, that's good. One sentence <clears throat> on commentary during an actually good match. Because, yo, this tag team match was fun. It was a lot of fun. Because the thing is, Randy Orton's fun when he can go against opponent who actually like bump like crazy for him. Which Rusev will very easily do, which is why their match the two days before were good. Well, who knew? Mm-hmm. And Shinsuke Nakamura is fun. They had a good time. It, I enjoyed the match. They, and I don't fault them for putting together a match like that right at their pay-per-view because, you know, we've got over a month until Survivor Series. We can just have fun matches that don't mean anything. But, you know, what? something did mean something that happened on Hell in a Cell was a triple threat for the United States Championship. I can't believe they added Ty the Ten-Man Taylor to the match. Yeah. I mean, he beat Baron Corbin the week before. Well, I suppose it just makes sense. Yeah, like five days before the show, the guy who's getting a title shot got beaten clean. And that's what that's what Ty did. Ty on the on the kickoff show showed uh Danny Bryan that footage and said I I should be in that match. And Danny Bryan said, I think that idea sounds like and Ty put his hands up and said a perfect 10. Danny Bryan is very confused by this. He does not understand the hand sign. No. Which Ty Dillinger explained. The 
the hands out like that is the universal symbol for a perfect 10. Just like, you know, pointing the two fingers up is the universal sign for yes. And it broke out into a bit where Danny Bryan just kept doing the 10 while Ty Dillinger kept doing the yes. Nope. With Bryan, like, yelling at the top of his lungs, and it was really funny. Nope. Not into it. You should say it was funny. Not into it. Why? They, they got over the 10 chant bef- to the crowd before the things that they would do it. It's smart. It's just uh, yeah. so I don't need to see another segment of Daniel Bryan yelling or something. That's like every segment, though. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. This match was good. Dillinger and AJ Styles are good wrestlers, and they wrestled a good match, and they used Baron Corbin as a prop. Oh, really? Yeah, like he, he was just in there to you know show up, ruin the fun, get and then get thrown out, and it was fine. It was a good balance. Everyone worked real well together. The ending made perfect sense for Baron Corbin because earlier in the night he complained about. Dillinger coming in and ruining his, you know, single shot title. Like, what if, you know, he could take, he could just run up, I could not be in the decision and he could just steal the title from me. When Baron Corbin came in after AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm on Ty and threw him out of the ring so he could steal the pin. Oh no, what a fiend. The real fucked up thing is that when he tried to throw Styles through the ropes, he didn't actually go, like, he got caught up in him. <laughs> and Corbin kicked him as hard as he could, and he hit the floor real hard. What a dick. Like, you, it looked real bad. Like, fuck you, dude. Don't do that. Who knew Baron Corbin sucks? And now he's the United States champion. So, I see in your review that you're all like, hey, well, thank God uh, that... You know, we didn't have to watch Baron Corbin pin AJ Styles. Uh huh. How was it watching Baron Corbin actually pin AJ Styles? Oh, on, on SmackDown. Yeah. Really good. Really. This match was the main event of SmackDown. Was the title rematch? It was really good. Because Styles like bumped like crazy for him, and just made Baron Corbin look like a legitimate threat instead of oh he's just you know gonna do cheesy stuff like no he he beat AJ Styles like the, okay. the near the finish of the match AJ Styles like went for um, like to jump off to the outside from the apron Corbin caught him and threw him like real badly on his hip like no. like it looked like he died oh no and then Corbin put him in the ring and hit him with the end of days and pinned him clean no shenanigans I don't know how I feel about this. I th- I feel like, oh, AJ Styles cares about the championship and about putting over somebody, so he's going to make him look like a million bucks. Which is the whole point of the US title, was for him to put over people and make him look like a million bucks. This is a shame that he only got to do it to one person after a, mo- a couple months of bullshit. But yeah. I, I don't know if Baron Corbin deserves it, but he got it. Let's see him feud with Ty Dillinger now. Okay, then. I guess this is happening. I mean, it could be worse. Because now AJ Styles is free to go up to the main main event picture. 
where it's that WWE title and lose to Jinder Mahal. You know it's going to happen. You know it. You know it. I, I do know it. That's the problem. Uh, Charlotte Flair had a title match against Natalia for the SmackDown Women's title. Oh, right. This did happen. Yeah. It was good. Was it, though? It was really good. Because they did a thing that you don't see a lot in wrestling nowadays. So, John, when you beat up somebody, like, a, you know, a certain body part a whole bunch, isn't it weird when they're like, oh, I'm better now, and I'm going to hit you all my, my famous moves? You mean the John Cena effect? Yes. The John Cena effect. Or, oh, you... Bust up his life, but he's still gonna hit you with this kick because he's John Cena. Well, the whole story of this match was Natalia was gonna mess up one of Charlotte's legs for the sharpshooter, and so she could also not hit her uh, figure eight. Right? Charlotte sold this through the entire match. Like it looked like it felt like Natalia straight up broke her leg. She was just, like she couldn't put any weight on it. She couldn't do like any moves that involved like that leg at all. Like the whole like they told a great story of yo, she's working on this body part and now Charlotte has to adapt to the to the match because she can't do the thing she normally does. Hmm. It was fun. And uh and then eventually Charlotte went, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna do a move. That uses this leg, which is her moonsault, to the outside. She did it, and it pretty much ruined her. Like she, she was down. Like she, she wasn't gonna get up from this. And Natalia, who is a super paranoid champion, you know, always talking about, oh, I'm gonna have this belt forever. She has to keep mentioning that and hold the belt so close because she thinks she's gonna lose it any second. Instead of just going in, you know. Taking advantage of this, she grabs a steel chair and attacks the leg somewhere. I guess it's disqualified. Disqual- okay. And I thought that was brilliant. Like, yeah, she's playing up on her paranoia. It's like, she didn't have confidence in herself, so she took the easy way out and retained her belt. While also setting up a match with Charlotte at Starcade, where Charlotte will probably win the belt. Sure. That was very good. Um, The women's interaction on SmackDown, uh, Charlotte was with a bunch of heels and said, Hey, you know, we, to be fair, you guys all, like, deserve to be champions at some point. Way more than Charlotte ever does. Ha ha. And Charlotte came in and and attacked. (laughs) Also, for some reason, uh, Carmella lost to Becky Lynch. I don't know why that happened. Don't know. Cause Carmella. I, I like Carmella. At one point, w- w- during the beginning, when they showed uh, Ellsworth still like leashed to the uh, to the ring post, Byron Saxon said that Ellsworth's in the dark house, and Corey Graves wanted to die. When doesn't Corey Gray's want to die, though? I mean, when he's with Tom Phillips? Because he likes Tom Phillips. 
I suppose so. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler had a match. It was fine. What was it? Yeah. Like, the first half was bad. Second half was good. And the way they finished it was real good. John, what are you doing over there? Cracking my back. It hurts. Jeez. Like, sounds like you're, like, doing, you're, like, moving furniture. Oh, this chair is kind of creaky also. You're kind of creaky. I'm aware of this. That's why my back is all fucked up. Fair enough. Should do some DDP yoga. That would be a good idea. Like I had, I like for like over a year now. I've had like this nagging knee injury, and since I've been doing it, it's disappeared. Damn. So I'm like, yeah, this, this stuff actually works. But back to the match. It was, it was, you know, it was whatever because Bobby Roode and Ziggler kind of bland. But the end of the match, and the final, and the final sequence was. Yo, Ziggler's just gonna cheat because he's an asshole. Except, oh no! When when he tried to grab his tights in the roll up, Bobby Roode reversed it and he pulled the tights. Bobby Roode cheated the win. Whoa! And immediately after, as soon as the bell rang, Ziggler attacked him. Afterward, because he's an asshole. But yeah, they planted the seeds that Bobby Roode might turn heel. Like not now, but they're. They're subtly hinting at it. They had a real bland segment that was super awkward and badly timed on SmackDown. Like they had no chemistry at all. But they're Great. but they're gonna have a rematch next week. Great. I do like that uh, during Rude's entrance. Uh, uh, but, you know how Corey Graves yells "Hallelujah," right? Right. And uh, Tom Phillips, uh, and he asked Tom Phillips to give him a Hallelujah too, which he did. And Byron said, "Can I do one too?" And Graves like, "No, never." He hates Byron Saxon so much. Fair. Um. And uh, the main event. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell. This match went almost 40 minutes. This almost went 40 minutes. It's a long match. It's really long. And I was engaged the entire time. Oh my god. I don't need to give a play-by-play of this match because it's so lengthy. But when they went up to the top of the cell and just started fighting... And like slamming and like doing like power bombs and stuff into the the roof of the cell. I was on edge the entire time because I thought for sure something was gonna give and someone was gonna plummet to their death. It was like so like even the commentator was like freaking out about it. Cause you know, anytime anyone's up there, the only thing you think of is Mick Foley falling through. Which was not planned. Because that's a really big fall. You don't want to do that. Onto, yeah, no. Onto a really hard ring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were up there for a long time, and I breathed a sigh of relief when they started climbing down. But, uh... And then... Then they did the, the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose thing. Where... Or, or the Shawn Michaels thing, where... 
Kevin Owens was halfway down the down the cell, and Shane made him fall off. So he only fell like a short distance. It wasn't so bad. Though again, a, a important reminder here from the last time we talked about it when Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose did it is that it's a shorter distance, but the shorter distance of the new cell is still like the size of the old cell. Yeah, but also it's it's the same amount of distance that say one mankind dropped when thrown over the fucking edge by uh, the Undertaker. Yeah, but also, you know... It still sucks, is the point. It's, it's like a really tall ladder, too, though, at this point. Like, it's a fair, like, a, like one of those big ladders, it's pretty much the same distance. Yep. But, and uh, I was talking to a friend there, and I said, oh, that's fine. You know, you don't want to do the big jump off the top of the cell, because that's fucking crazy. And they already did that at WrestleMania. I guess they'll, they're saving that for those big moments. And then Shane put Kevin Owens on another table and climbed up to the top of the cell. Then jumped off. To an empty table. Because... Because... Sami Zayn pulled Kevin Owens off. So, this is the one part of SmackDown that I did watch. Good. But also, I want to point out that Shane Zayn made the EMTs move away so he could throw Kevin on, on top of Shane and get the pin. He sure did. But yeah. Did you see the name of my bout last night? Yes, I did. did what did you think? Pretty good, right? I would have gone with Kevin Heaven, but that works too. I thought that was too obvious because he straight up said that. I wanted to make my own joke. But yeah. Uh... Afterward, Kevin Owens pretty much detailed how he was pretty much at Heaven's Gate and Sami Zayn was guarding an angel and saved him. And Sami Zayn cut a promo where he pretty much laid it all out. Clearly. Which is, yo, um, I was mistreated on Raw because I was a good guy and, you know, oh shucks, I'll do things the right way. I was I was the fucking top babyface in the entire company. I was the goodest of good. I did everything that I did to win that NXT title, and look where it got me. I mean, you didn't bring that part up. I mean, yeah, but you know. I know. Then, we know. Then he talked to uh, Shane McMahon and got pulled over to the land of opportunity. And that was the last meeting he had with Shane, because Shane ignored him. Oopsies. Just like the booking ignored him. And, uh, yeah. And what happened was, uh, when Shane was going to that face-to-face last week, which I pointed out on this show, saying, yeah, he blew off Sami Zayn, it was kind of fucked up. Pretty much showing Shane, like, doesn't even really matter on the show. You did say this. And Sami Zayn agrees, like, fuck this. And then he said, oh yeah, you beat Kevin Owens, you know, when he he fell off the cell, but then you had to do the big thing and jump off the top of it, and I had to go save my brother. He's still my brother. Uh, Yep, he is still my brother. I may hate him. I may have hated him, but he's still my brother. And he was... 
and I, the thing I hate most is that he was right the whole time. Yep, that's he, the fucking thing. He's like, you were right because he has all the he's won all the belts. Sami Zayn's won nothing. It's great. Fucking Sami Zayn is a shitbag heel, and man, I'm excited. This is gonna be big for him. Do we date Scott now? I mean, a lot of people already hated Scott, so. Well, fuck them. Also, John, I have one more thing from SmackDown before I'm done since I covered everything else. Okay. You know who showed up in video package form? Who's that? It's a, it's a certain tag team. Do, do, do you know which tag They weren't in the thing earlier. Because people seem to forget about this tag team. I don't know. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper showed up. Wait, what? Wearing, like, dark hoods and shit. And carrying hammers. What? And talking about, like, the end times. And they are now the Bludgeon Brothers. So wait, they're the Ascension? They're like a better version of the Ascension. So then, and I don't then, know about not, this. And, he still ha- and Eric Rowan still has that crazy uh, Immortan Joe sheep mask. That's cool. But they have hammers? And they're the Bludgeon I, Brothers. I... <sighs> Luke Harper deserves better. No, this is great. This is really good. I like this a lot. John, you should watch the promo. It's really good. I like their delivery. I like their the aesthetic. I like their hammers. This is what they needed. They needed something. Instead of just like, oh, we're big guys that used to be with Bray Wyatt. Remember the, uh, remember the Wyatt family? That's us. I do remember. They needed something. This is the thing they needed. To the moon! Push them to the moon! And then leave them there. Fuck you. That SmackDown. It was good. Hell in a Cell was amazing. I give the SmackDown a thumbs up. Cool. Alright, let's quickly talk about NXT. Yes, please. So, what's your opinion on Liv Morgan? Fuck her. What's your opinion on Peyton Royce? Marry me, please. They were in a match together. Did the, the, the correct person win? Well, there was another person in the match. What? It was Nikki Cross. Oh, shit. I, I don't... Her, her singles theme is weird. Was it a weird version of the Saturday theme? It sure is. It's kind of more techno-y. Yeah, that... that didn't you know that? Everyone of them has a singles version that's... Yeah, I know. I, it's not that I don't know it. It's that I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I get it. Did, did she no. win? Well, actually, guess who showed up during the match? Ember Moon. Oh, uh, that would be the Undisputed Era. What? Throw and their match? friend... And Whose name I'm actually forgetting, their, because I, I... Their friend? What? 
yeah, remember the the lady from the the Mae Young Classic who wore the red? No. Well, some lady from the Mae Young Classic showed up and got involved and stopped Nikki Cross from winning. I'm gonna look this up now, so you keep going. Nikki Cross was all very upset about it, and then she ran into a spinning heel kick and fisherman suplex from Peyton Royce. <gasps> Guess what, Owen? Peyton Royce won. Peyton Royce is going to be part of the Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, I'll give her the belt. At NXT TakeOver War Games. Give her the belt! Also, I know who the other participants are in that match. I do, too. And you're going to be upset. Okay, well, I know you're upset, then. Yeah. Well, fuck you. I'm not upset, so shut up. She should not win the belt. Well, lucky for you, she probably won't. Tenara Conti. Yeah, Tenara Conti. It's, it's... I don't remember what she looks like. She's very pretty. She's really good at doing bug eyes. It was a really fun little acting Wait, moment they had there. I think there. I know what she... Uh, I'm only a picture. I bet you I know what she looks like. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's the one. The, the blonde. That looks like a uh, a love child between Renee Young and Natalia. Yeah, kinda. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about things that are also cool? I mean, Peyton Royce is the coolest. How can you top that? Eh, let's talk about something that's actually cool. How dare you? So, remember last week how Leo Rush was going to debut and then the Velveteen Dream kicked his ass because he wanted to get Aleister Black's attention? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, tonight, uh, our good friend Leo Rush had his first match ever. I guess. The Velveteen Dream. Oh. How'd that go? Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say... Uh, the first match I've ever seen, which Lady Ref called a men's match. Oh, that's cool. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, Lady Ref, get yours. Yes. Uh, but more importantly, this was basically a squash match. For Velveteen Dream or Leo Rush? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Velveteen Dream. Okay, I'm sure. It was very short, and not all that competitive. But you know what? Leo Rush is fucking cool. Right? He is so god... I cannot believe how goddamn fast he is. I mean, Rush is literally in his name. It's true. And, like, I should have expected it. But he is... Egg, he's basically Sonic the Hedgehog fast. Gotta go fast. Like, he's just jumping around the ring doing all sorts of crazy shit that I can't even believe. And also, like, the way he sells... Like, basically he reminded me of, like, classic Dolph Ziggler on speed. Ooh, okay. Like... He he does kind of like the 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 flare thing where he goes over the uh, where he goes over the corner, right? The outside of the ring, but instead of like you know landing, he just like completely falls, falls and like holy shit, it looked fucking crazy. That's awesome. It was really fucking good. He's really cool. Hey, also you know who's really cool? Who? Velveteen Dream. Oh yeah, obviously. He had that cool. Kind of white noise slam that he then did to the uh, the fucking Purple Rainmaker. Purple Rainmaker is such a good name. Such a good name. Such a good name. Damn it. He's great. Mm-hmm. I love him. I love Velveteen Dream. He stole my heart. Remember when he first debuted and you were confused and didn't like it? 
you know, I still am very concerned that they're going to fuck it up and go the wrong way with it. They haven't, though. Like, they haven't, and I'm, I'm really proud of them for, for not having done so. I do think that sometimes, you know, like, did you watch last week's episode? No. Because I'd like to see what your opinion of that segment was, because I still think that he was getting some of the wrong kind of heat. Remind me to do it this week, and I will check it out. Yeah, like, I, I still I still worry that he's maybe getting bad heat. And, like, I don't think that's a problem with them as much as it's a problem with their fan base. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have my concerns as much as I, I do think that he's fucking fantastic. Okay. Anyway, uh, speaking of squash matches, Danny Birch was here. Oh, no, he got squashed? Yeah, by Lars. Of course. I mean, I, you know, it, it went a lot like the Oni Lorcan match, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah. He was all in Lars's face, all slapping him and shit. And like, fuck you, I don't give a shit. But he died. Rip. And then, uh, Oni didn't make the save on him. What? Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. But then again, I mean, Lars didn't really beat him up after the match, so. Okay. That makes sense, son. Didn't really mean make a save, I guess. Yeah, oh, Danny Burst is still really cool. Lars is still Lars. I like Lars a lot. True. Anyway, you want to know about another match? That was a squash match? What's that? Oh, uh, it would be Street Profits. I like Street Profits. They fought Damian Smith and Marcos Espada, whoever those are. I'm guessing the Street Profits one. What if I told you that Marcos Espada never even tagged in? Yeah, that sounds about right. What if I also told you that the match was basically just Montez Ford dancing and wiggling in the ring and being cool? Yeah. That sounds great. Montez Ford is so fucking cool. Yeah. Confirmed. What the fuck? He's so cool. I told you when I, I, when I told you that they that team was the most over thing in that NXT house show I was at. Like they even made Ty Dillinger look like small compared to him. Yeah. They are great. They're infectious. Angelo Dawkins, still whatever. Hey, you know what? He, he's a good part of that team. He is. He is. I'm not saying otherwise. It's not the best but part, but he's a good part. Montez Ford is still completely and utterly 100% the truth. He needs his red shoes back. Unequivocally. I really like the gold shoes, though. Gold shoes are fine, but red shoes are real good. I'm not saying otherwise, I'm just saying that the gold shoes are pretty darn cool. Okay. Their matching gold shoes are pretty hype. His black solo cup with the Streets Profit logo on it is pretty hype. Mm -hmm. It's no longer got the NXT logo, it's now the Street Profits logo. Nice. Uh, His crazy dance moves that he's got are fucking awesome. He is just so fucking infectious and cool to look at. And so fucking great, and I love every single part of him, and Angela Dawkins is there. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Okay. This match was a complete and utter squash. 
Is that the episode? It was not even. It was not even competitive. Is that the main event? No, man. What? Dude, the main event was talked about last week. It was uh, the rematch of Andrade C and Almas versus Johnny Wrestling. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is that, hey, is that next? what if I told you that this match was fucking awesome? I say, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, it was fucking great. It's a lot like their last match, except better. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even really know what to say about it, because, again, like I said, I feel like it was... You know, they they hit a lot of the similar beats that they did in the last match. It's just they, you know, I feel like they did it better. I feel like they, you know, were, it was just a better wrestle match, a more tense match. Uh, you know, just like the crowd was super into it. Like, I don't know. It, it wasn't, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it was like that much better or anything than the, than their takeover match. But look, man. It's fucking great to see them wrestle again. So who cares? Mm-hmm. I did really like the ending. However, what? I thought that the ending was very smart and very well done. What happened? Johnny Wrestling did Johnny Wrestling things and then won. Uh, well, Johnny Wrestling got uh our good friend Cian Almas in the uh Johnny in the Johnny Gargano Escape. Rather, he wanted to call it Johnny Escape. Mm, yeah, also be a good name. Um, and then uh, Zelina was all like. Oh, I don't like this. I guess I should just take off my jacket that I'm wearing. Oh, shit! I have a DIY shirt on! Oh, not again. And Johnny pauses for a second, and then he's like, You know what? Fuck you! And he just puts the Gargano escape on even harder. There you won. But it's enough time for CN almost to get to the ropes. Oh, no. They fight a little bit more. Tian almost hits a drop toe hold. Sends Johnny Wrestling's face right into the fucking uh, turnbuckles. Oh no. Hammerlock DDT. Tian almost wins. Oh man, almost 2-0. It's a fucking great match. That's- and I'm really bummed that Johnny Wrestling lost, even though I totally get it because he's the new fucking Daniel Bryan. Yep. But, man... Man, what a crooked piece of shit. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, not to spoil anything here, but I'm going to spoil things. CN Almas is challenging Drew Gulak for. Or, yeah, Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak, let's go! He's challenging Drew McIntyre for the title at, uh, oh. at TakeOver War Games. I'd rather have and, him play Gulak. Yeah, this match definitely sold that this motherfucker deserves to be in, at that top spot. But will he? Can he carry Gallo or McIntyre into a good match? You almost called him Galway. That's fine too. Well, I mean, that, that, he doesn't. Des- he doesn't deserve to be called by his real name. What? I think Galway is his real name. Well, I, I meant his WWE name, but yeah, yeah sure. Well, that's in his Indian. That's his Impact name. All right, it's confusing. Whatever. He went by that power word. Call you could call him his power word. I don't give a fuck. It's not like a Alistair Black calling him Patrick. That was fucked up. Yeah, it was fucked up, but yeah, McIntyre. Can he carry him to a good match? I mean I think it will be interesting at least, just because they're, you know, 
almost has a cool style that is fun to watch, regardless of whether or not Drew McIntyre is just kind of boring, pseudo-strong-style kick man. Well, we will find out at TakeOver. Anyway, yeah, that was NXT. It wasn't bad, but, like, you know, it was mostly just a bunch of... It was mostly one really good match and then a bunch of squash matches. Yeah. I guess the women's match was fine, too, but... Eh. Fun fact, John. I have, in fact, looked into flights to Houston for that Saturday for TakeOver. Oh, really? Fucking expensive! Yeah, no shit! What the hell? And, like, the cheapest one's like, yeah, this flight will take 19 hours. And I'm like, that's not... No! What? But you know what isn't expensive, Owen? Our Patreon? No, our Patreon is not expensive. In fact, you can give us as little as $1 and get cool stuff like the notes for this very show that we're doing. What? Yeah. What what about if I want to give you $5? You get other cool stuff. You can be on our pre-show that we do uh, starting at 9 p.m. every Wednesday over at Mixler.com slash Zonecast and uh, Twitch.tv slash Online, where we stream this show live over the internet. What? We're live right now? We are live right now, and we were live when we did that exclusive pre-show that we don't release as a podcast. It was exclusive for the live audience. Well, that's, I know. I just had to explain. One of of our Patreon people were on it to talk about uh, about how to sell. It was something. It was a thing. Well, John, what what if on his Patreon I want to give a a $9.99? Well, then I mean you get some exclusive podcasts, Owen. You mean exclusive podcasts every month? Like heel turn fantasy booking. What? Did we do one? You of those? brought it back, suckers. Did we do one of those for Hell in a Cell? We absolutely did one for Hell in a Cell. It's a really good episode. You guys are missing out if you're not subscribing. Involved the Wire and Home Improvement and all of your other favorite television series. It's true. I can't confirm this actually did happen. It did not, however, involve Jinder Mahal having a good match. Because, I mean, come on, look. There's a lot of things that we can do in fantasy booking, but we're not miracle workers. It's true. Plug the other stuff. But hey. Yeah. Look, give us money on our Patreon. It's cool. We do stuff. And if you like it, you can also check out more of it at ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's .Cool. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash PWDOTC or on Twitter at The Heel Turn. And, of course, if you like this show, you can uh, check out our other sister podcasts uh, at uh, zonecast.com. Indeed. You want to get a good taste of uh, the dumb shit that we do on Fantasy Book and we got uh, I'd Rather Not. It's a Would You Rather podcast. We are both on it. Yeah, I host it sometimes. Uh, very few times. When Andy is dead. I mean, he's always dead on the inside. Made sure of that. Oh, jeez. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Ozone. And you can find me on your various internet holes at I am John GM. This was a long episode, but we had a lot to talk about this week. We did have a lot to talk about. We had, a, we had to rant about Jim Cornette a bunch. Uh, Neville news. 
a pay a real a four and a half hour pay per view. That was a really long show. And this was a long show, so we're gonna end it now. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week with oh my god, we're gonna have predictions for TLC with John. Oh dear. Happening. So until then, my mouth hurts. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.